You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, March the 9th, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual this week is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. Great to be here. Another fun week in the markets, Eric, uh, but it is still just March, and so that means we are going to continue our push uh, toward IRAs and holding physical metal in your IRA for an American listener. You can do that, you know, and it's not a bad idea to do it at all. It's brought money a new direction have teamed up to help assist you in purchasing and storing your precious metals within a self-directed IRA. It's easy. It's seamless. And you can diversify by storing in depositories across the United States and Canada. You got to do this, of course, by April the 15th. So you need to visit SprottMoney.com or just call 888-861-0775 to get the ball rolling. And uh, the ball has been rolling this week. It's been rolling the wrong way for the last couple of weeks, Eric. And we got the employment numbers this morning. Big blowout a jobs number here in the U.S. But once again... Average hourly earnings are uh, below expectations. Uh, your thoughts on all of this? Well, you know, it's always interesting to uh, to look through the numbers. And I just happened to catch uh, the fact that of the 300, I think it was 313,000 jobs, 171,000 were part-time, okay? So by far the majority of the jobs are part-time. And who knows what part-time means? Maybe it's five hours or 10 hours or whatever. And the fact that the wage increase was only 0.1%, which, by the way, is 1.2% annualized, which is less than inflation, i.e. people are, are going backwards here. It's, uh, it should be worrisome to the average person. Of course, that's what, what's been happening for decades here, that the, uh, the workers' wages are going up slower than inflation, and, and everybody, everyone's essentially moving backwards in terms of uh, total net compensation. So, uh, yes, it looked like a good report on the surface, but uh, uh, it wasn't particularly strong when you uh, get into the uh, the guts of the matter. Yes, yeah, and gold at least is holding in there so far this morning, though it's down, oh, eight or nine dollars on the week, I suppose. You know what's really getting kicked around here late in the week is Bitcoin. You have any thoughts on that, Eric? Keep reading about these uh, exchanges where people are, you know, their coins get lost and where they're run by crooks and uh, like there's just I, I mean I've read data points where like 10% of all the coins have been lost and every time I think about you know having your your wealth on a computer whoa and yeah. then you lose the computer or how about the computer explodes on you or something you know your lithium ion battery ignites and all of a sudden all your wealth is gone I mean it just it kind of boggles the mind to think about the things that could happen to you with your money, your wealth, uh, in electronic form. Uh, I mean, God forbid you ever had a fire in your house. You know, you could be a millionaire one day and broke the next. So it's, it, I just, the impracticality of Bitcoin, or sorry, cryptocurrencies, always amazes me. And when that, there's a, a coin exchange in Japan that lost 500 million of coins, and they said, oh, that's no problem, we'll pay everybody back. And I think, well, I wonder what fees those guys are charging to trade those bitcoins that they would have 500 million dollars to pay people back with out of their capital and i have heard that the cost of trading uh cryptocurrencies is is quite expensive so they don't seem to be uh, 
serving the purpose of a currency. That would be my bottom lines. And, of course, I think the fact that they've gone down in value is going to bring more people back to gold. And I would love to see the, the stock market continue to kind of shake a little here that make that have people think more about diversifying their assets and getting into the precious metals. Yeah, and commodities in general even is about the only undervalued sector at present. You know, and what's uh, I think interesting to a lot of folks this week, especially those of us that watch the internals of these markets, is the latest commitment of traders report, particularly in silver. Uh, gold is somewhat neutral, it seems, from a historical standpoint. But silver uh, we, is uh, quite interesting, Eric, and I'm sure you've, you've followed this yourself. Over the last 15 years, or let's put it this way, it has been 15 years since the what was called the large speculators in silvers, the hedge funds, the trading funds, managed money. It has been 15 years since they have been net short on the COMEX. Uh, that's rather historic by any measure, Eric. Uh, what do you make of this latest commitment yeah. of Traders Report? Yeah, no, there was a, a tremendous reversal there in the positions, and uh, the commercials have covered their shorts. The uh, the funds have gone short. It, I mean, it's the perfect setup for silver to move higher here. Uh, most of the things you, you tend to read about silver demand are quite strong because you know the world theoretically continues to grow at two or three or four percent. Uh, the mining production in silver went down last year. I think, I think the expectation is it goes down again. The, the favored silver over gold, uh, uh, just because the ratio used to be 15 to 1 in terms of the price ratio between the two, it's now 80 or 80 plus silver versus gold. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, we're well set up for things to happen. Of course, you can always have, you know, black swan event come out from anywhere, and all, all manner of things can happen here. And uh, silver is in a position where it could really put a rally on. So, yeah, it looks quite exciting looking at the uh, commitment of traders' report. Yeah, make it, at least on my end, it makes you wonder if it probably not a lot of downside from here, though we might have to be patient waiting for the upside. Has that been your experience? Well, it seems to be pretty resilient in here. You know, normally you might expect it to get bombed a little more. In fact, I think there was uh, one day this week it was down like 25. So um, it's, it's showing some uh, relative strength for sure. So... I, we're ready. To, we're ready to go here, and uh, uh, I think if people realize uh, the kind of strange policies going on in the, in, in the developed world, I'll even put it that way. Uh, for so for example, the March car sales were weak. The March housing is weak, and now we're gonna now we're supposed to take another hundred basis point increase in rates this year. I mean, what's going to happen to housing and autos that are so reliant on on lending? When they're already weak, and we haven't, you know, we're going to see another 100 basis point increase theoretically this year, or 75 basis points. So I don't have nearly the confidence that uh, the economy is going to exhibit the kind of strength that the supposed economic experts think will manifest itself when we're already seeing signs of weakness. Eric, I want to close with kind of a big picture question for you. The news broke. Uh, earlier this week, that the LBMA, which has been uh, running their twice daily fix for gold as a kind of, for folks that don't know this, it's kind of an institutional price. It's a price a lot of wholesale jewelers, people like that use as a benchmark around the globe. They've been doing that for 90 years. And usually you get those prices twice a day and it's reported about 15 minutes or so after that price is settled. Beginning April 1st, 
the LBMA is not going to let anyone know what those prices were until about 12 hours after those auctions take place, midnight the next night. Uh, Eric, is the LBMA becoming irrelevant? Does this have to do with the uh, the pending launch of that yuan-denominated crude oil contract? What do you make of this? Well, I I can never I never believe the data that they trade. What do they say? One point five uh, million tons right. of gold in the LBMA when we produce uh, you know twenty three thousand tons in the uh, in, in the uh, free market. Yes, I mean it's just it's like some incredible multiple, and I, I just can't even imagine trying to envisage. This stuff moving around, you know, and and meanwhile there's there's five key members of the LBMA who would be in that uh, price uh, setting mechanism. Um, so I don't I don't think it's nearly as critical. I mean it's I, I, it's not used much over here in North America anymore. I would imagine that the Chinese certainly wouldn't use it. They got their own uh, gold exchange that they would price off of. So its uh, relevance, I think, has uh, diminished a lot. Uh, you did mention that on, on March 26th, the Chinese yuan um, uh, will be used to settle oil contracts and will be convertible into gold. And we've noticed a little movement of gold from China into the U.K. That never happens, okay? Right. First of all, gold never leaves China, but for some reason, some gold has gone over to the U.K. and maybe to the LBMA, and perhaps uh, to be used in this kind of uh, exchange where people will trade oil for yuan and then uh, trade the yuan into uh, into gold. And they might want to have gold in certain places geographically that make that somewhat convenient. So, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting watching what happens on, uh, on March 26th here. Uh, and, in fact, we may see things start to move up ahead of time if people really believe it's going to take hold. And there are a lot of commentators that believe that. I'm personally uncertain about it. Uh, there's been so many false starts in terms of things trading uh, in China with gold that were supposed to be significant to the gold price. It never really got off the ground. So I'm a little hesitant to suggest that it will work, but it's something we all have to keep in mind and uh, and, and watch for the, uh, the development of that market. Yeah, what good is a global benchmark if you can't get the price of that benchmark for until a 12-hour delay? I mean, it almost is, almost appears as if the yeah. LBMA is ready to cede that authority to other parts around the world. <laughs> You're right, Craig. I mean, you know, because the price is always going to be five or ten dollars difference by then. That's just the way the, the gold market is. So I don't, I don't get it. I just don't understand. I'm sure the whole gold market won't understand it. Yes. In fact, they'll probably be suspicious of what what the real intention is, and I don't blame them for thinking that way. Right. I hear you. Well, it is going to be an interesting week next. Uh, the next thing we'll have on our plate will be the uh, FOMC coming up for March and an expected rate hike there. And everybody will be pouring over the the, the headlines that come out and everything else. It didn't, the, the merry-go-round never seems to stop, Eric, but at least it gives us fodder to talk about these things every Friday. And uh, so I want to thank you again for your time today. And I, I guess we'll just look forward to seeing where we are by next Friday. Well, I think that lots of interesting things are happening here. I love the fact that Bitcoin's weak. I kind of enjoy the fact that the economy's weak. Um, I think there's uh, lots of indications that uh, demand for gold is strong. I keep reading about the backwardation in London. So uh, 
I mean, I, I too will look forward to next week, and let's hope, hope that we have something much more positive to report. Time to turn things around. All right, my friend. Have a great weekend. Again, thanks for your time, and uh, we'll talk again next Friday. Okay, Craig, all the best. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening, and yeah, have a great weekend.